Blog Talk Radio. Hey, my name is Best Infector, and welcome to Bucko Booth. I have a great episode lined up for you today. Um, so let's get right into it. Our weekly recap. It's been a rough week. Started off uh, since our last episode with two straight wins against the Cubs, so that was all good. Split the Cubs series, and then we got swept by the Braves. And then last night was, uh, in my opinion, the most heartbreaking, crushing, frustrating loss of the entire season. After fighting all the way back down to our last strike in the ninth, Marte hitting that big single to tie it at four. Then Steven brought pitching excellent in extra innings. And Francisco Cervelli finally coming through, finally some luck to get up six to four. And then Clay Holmes, frustrating, frustrating stuff. Let's get into our weekly awards. Our player of the week goes to Gregory Polanco. He's batting 333, 8 for 24, with a home run and three RBIs. Very, very close to being two home runs, if you remember. The game against the Atlanta Braves, uh, the ball was literally about inches from getting up over that Clemente wall and tying the game at two in the ninth. Um, Polanco has been great. His bat average is up to 245, 20 home runs, 70 RBIs in the year. I mean, this is just Gregory Polanco we all expected when he came up from Triple Andy all those years ago. He is finally putting together a full, healthy season, and he is exciting out there. He couldn't make the throw from right to uh, nab Jordan Lyles at the plate, but overall he's played a much improved defensive right field. Many assists, even though he couldn't get the one last night. Um, but he's just having a solid all-round campaign, and it showed in this week. Our pitcher of the week goes to Felipe Vasquez. He's pitched five innings in four games. He's one for one in his save opportunities, only giving up two hits, striking out seven, uh, no runs, and a .4 whip. I mean, last night, two outstanding innings. He's... Pitched five innings, only two hits, striking out seven, no walks. He's only had one opportunity to record a save this week, and he's done that. But if he had more opportunities, he would. He is that good. Felipe Vasquez is the best closer in baseball, the premier closer in baseball. The rough starts of the season, but a lot of that can be attributed to his health-related issues. He's figured it out. He's backfiring easy 100, 101, 102 at times. And he is impressive, and he is truly a nightmare, as it says, on the back of his jersey for last night and the remainder of this weekend. Let's get into our Rookie of the Week. It is Colin Moran, batting 200. That's 3 for 15 with two RBIs this week. And even though it's not been a great week for the Redbeard, um, it really hasn't been a great week for any of the offensive players and um, Colin is the only regular rookie that gets playing time, so that's why he's going to get that award, and he's driven in two runs, and runs have been few and far between for the Pittsburgh Pirates this past week, so I, I can appreciate that from, um, he pinch hit last night, struck out in that appearance, but overall, he's playing He's had a decent rookie campaign. I like to see how he builds off of it uh, the rest of the season and going into 2019 uh, because could be the full-time third baseman in 2019. And the Pirates do not pick up David Freeze's 
uh, club option for next season. Our glove of the week also goes to Carl Moran in 11 total chances. He had seven assists, four putouts, zero errors. I mean, he is steady at third base. He may not be the rangiest guy, but he gets the ball and he's going to throw a bullet on a dime to the first baseman every single time. That's who Carl Moran is. Um, Again, I said he's not the rangiest guy, but he makes the plays when he has to make them. And uh, that's that's also a part of the reason why he won our Rookie of the Week as well. So we're going to get into the sort of the main focus of today's show. Um, and that's, I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates offense has suffered lately. They've scored 13 runs in the last eight games. And part of the issue is no player has been hot. Francisco Cervelli and Gregory Polanco have only above-average hitters over the last seven days. But alas, it's baseball. The Pirates scored at least 10 runs 12 games ago. And since then, the offense has put up low-scoring games. Using the play index on baseball reference, this is the second-least amount of runs over a seven-game dating back to 1908. The club scored six runs in seven games from September 23, 1916 through September 27, 1916. To make matters worse, the Pirates have only allowed 13 runs. The Pirates went from an 11-game winning streak a month earlier, a period in which the offense was clicking, and the Pirates beat around Corey Kluber to hardly scoring and getting mowed down by Bryce Wilson. Instead of focusing on the win streak and the offense at their complete best, Let's break it down by the last 11 games and the previous 11 games. Mark in the 11 after scoring 10 and the 10 before scoring 11. The slash lines are as followed. So from July 29th to August 10th, that's 11 games, we had 416 plate appearances, batted 265, a 318 OBP, 422 slugging, and a 156 ISO. From August 11th to August 22nd, that's 11 games, we've had 387 plate appearances, a 210 average, a 282 OBP, 290 slugging, and a 080 ISO. So the club went from hitting some power, that's ISO, to having no ability to get on base via the hit or get on base in general. In their last 11 games, the Pirates have lost 36 points in on base and more disastrously, 132 points in slugging. The Pirates in funk in this funk have neither gotten on base nor hit for any semblance of power. And there are nine pitchers on the season with a higher slugging than the Pirates have in their last 11 games. Looking at their advanced numbers, and the difference is even more glaring. So from July 29th to August 10th, that's 11 games, we've had 416 plate appearances, a 315 weighted on WOBA, scoring 4.82 runs per game. From August 11th to August 22nd, that's 11 games, 387 plate appearances, a 258 WOBA, 1.82 runs per game. If you total that up in 22 games, that's 803 plate appearances, a 287 WOBA, and 3.32 runs per game. The club went from a seemingly average offensive unit to a well below unit. From the 11 prior to this period, the Pirates have scored three runs less, making a shutout to win the near objective for the pitchers. And they have more than lived up to their end of the bargain. On the year, the Pirates have averaged 4.35 runs per game. And with a standard deviation of 3.21 runs, 
the last 11 are within one standard deviation. But by losing three runs, the club has gone from 5-6 and six to 3-8, and eight, despite allowing 1.85 runs over their previous seven games. Holding the pitching constant, and the Pirates scored three runs in their last 11 games. Using roughly the average of the last 22 games, the club will be 7-4 in their 11 and 12-10 and over the last 22, much better than the 8-14 that they have posted. The Pirates have gone from an average offense and being an average team in their previous 11 games to this stretch to being a worse version of former top five prospect Brandon Wood. For reference, Wood was a career 186 average hitter, 225 OBP, 289 slugging, and 751 play appearances. Just scoring three runs over the last 11 would be a swing of four wins, but such is baseball. And that's why last night was so frustrating. We gave up four runs in the first inning, and we fought so, so hard. It's just gut-wrenching to see the Pirates lose last night's game. And the pitching has been there. If we turn a routine double play ball last night, Francisco Cervelli to a Danny Echeverria, we win that ball game in nine innings. Instead, we have to fight into extra innings, and the Brewers come out on top. As, as, as such is baseball, right? When our offense decides to hit, our pitching gets a little bit suspect. And when our offense goes cold, our pitching is dominant. It's the ebbs and flows of a baseball season. It's the ebbs and flows of this Pittsburgh Pirates offense. Every team goes through it. It's just we haven't gone through this since 1916. Over 100 years ago. That's a long, long time ago, my friends. And luckily, we sort of broke out of it last night, but we're going to have to continue breaking out of it and continue to try to get those big hits. So, the 2018 Pittsburgh Pirates have been frustrating, to say the least. Over a span of three months, from May to August, this went from holding a small lead in their division to being... I believe it's now eight and a half games back of the second wild card spot, if I'm correct. Eight and a half games back of the second wild card spot. It's been an emotionally draining season to be a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Yes, it is in fact just a game. And yes, the team was expected to be average this year. Nothing more, nothing less. Although, for some reason, I kept holding on to that glimmer of hope. That slim, slim chance that they could make a run at October was exciting to think about. Now, in just a matter of several weeks, the excitement is miles down the Allegheny River. The team finished July on an absolute tear, going 16-4 and in their final 20 games. So General Manager Neil Huntington made a leap of faith and traded away three big pieces of the Pirates' future for Chris Archer on July 31st. It brought new life to the fan base. There was a new hope that the Pirates were a possibility being just three games back of the second wild card. In the month of August, Pittsburgh is 7-14. and 14. They have been outscored by a total of 85-74. to 74. But 61 of those runs were scored before or on August 15th. They scored one run or less in five of their last eight games. One thing is for sure. It's not the starting rotation's fault. So looking forward, 
So what do the Pirate, Pittsburgh Pirates fans have to look forward to the rest of the season? Football is starting up, and being in Pittsburgh, you know that means many forget about the Pirates unless they're winning. This might be the first year of my life where I won't question a single soul focusing on football over baseball, and this team is only 63-66. and 66. If you made it this far in the show, what do you find exciting about the team at this point in the year? The team is all but mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Do you enjoy watching Archer or Jameson tie and pitch? They are a great reason to follow. I know what you won't want to look forward to. Clint Hurdle finding ways to play Sean Rodriguez, returning off the disabled list. It's the little things. It's the little things that can so easily get under your skin when a season's excitement just disappears. The games have gotten hard to watch because you can when things will go wrong. But let's look on the bright side. This team is set up for the next few years. Some of the Pittsburgh Pirates' top prospects should be in Pittsburgh helping the team compete. Just not this year. And it's sad. It's really sad to concede at this point because, listen, we're a team that's half games back out of the second long spot, and while we're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, it's pretty close to being mathematically eliminated, right? And this season has been so darn frustrating because here's the inconsistencies. I mean, we started off the season 11, 11 and 4 to start the season, and then at one point we were 26 and 17. Then Austin Meadows came up and all hell broke loose, right? We went into our downward tumble, and then July came and we resurrected ourselves. Everybody left the Pittsburgh Pirates for dead, and they came back. And that's what it would have made the season such a great story. The Pittsburgh Pirates of 2018 were left for dead, and they came back, and they proved everybody wrong. But no. They proved everybody wrong for a 20-game stretch, but have now showed their true colors. They have. And last night was sort of a example, a picture of the Pirates season. Besides the fact that we got down 4 nothing, and they fought back, and they tied it at 4, and then they took the lead at 6-4 to four in extras, and then they blew it. Classic Pittsburgh Pirates of 2018. You give the fans hope, you get the fans excited. And those hopes and those dreams and that vision of getting back to Bucktober, of seeing PNC Park in a sea of black. That glorious image, that glorious image we all have in our head. Crushed. Last night made me realize that more than ever. You think, we win last night's game, it's maybe start another magical run. And really the only way that we can do this, that we can possibly see that, is a magical run of all magical runs. And the offense on the flip side of the spectrum has been on that lately. I mean, we haven't been this anemic besides last night since 1916, as I said. The starting pitching's been there. The offense just hasn't. And that's why this season has been so frustrating is because of those inconsistencies. But you get that with a young baseball team. 
This baseball team is young, and you know what this team reminds me a heck of a lot of? The 2012 Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, at the beginning of the season, I made the comparison that this group of men... But in reality, we're looking at more of a 2011-2012 type Pirates team right here. We're one year off, two years off from being right there from competing. Our future is bright. You can't deny that. 2019 has a bright future. We can make a serious run. I mean, you just look at the rotation. Think about 2019, what what that rotation is going to look like. You're going to have Jameson time to top it. Chris Archer as a number two. I'd probably put Trevor Williams as number three and Joe Musgrove as a number four. So then the question becomes for 2019, who takes the number five rotation spot? Do you give it to Yvonne Nova because he's a veteran? Do you give it to Chad Cool when he comes back? What about Nick Kingham? What about Mitch Keller? Or what about a free agent signing? We have so many rotation options, and then what about Stephen Brault? Be nice to have a lefty arm in the rotation. What about Clay Holmes? He can figure himself out and start throwing strikes. He has front and top of the line stuff. So we have plenty of rotation depth, and the thing is that rotation depth is all locked up besides Yvonne Nova. And if you take Yvonne Nova out of the picture, you still got Chad Cool, Mitch Keller. I'd really like to see Mitch Keller get a start in Pittsburgh in 2018. Think he's going to break camp with the team in 2019. Mitch Keller is for real. And he is that top-of-the-line ace rotation type pitcher. And it's going to be interesting because our pitching is deep. And look at that bullpen. Felipe Vasquez, locked up. Kyle Kirk, locked up. Keone Kella, Edgar Santana, locked up. Richard Rodriguez, locked up. Stephen Brault, locked up. You go on and on. We're built for the future. Let's look at the infield for 2019. Colin Moran at third. Kevin Newman at shortstop. Adam Frazier at second base. Josh Bell at first base. And that outfield of Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco, that's the dream. The three-headed monster when they're all clicking. We're set up very nicely for 2019. And when you have a young team like us, you have to expect some of these shortcomings. Expect some of this. Expect inconsistency. Because a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. A young player is a young player is a young player. They're not going to produce the consistency that you want. And it's frustrating as a fan because all you ask for is consistency. And the Pittsburgh Pirates of 2018 have been the opposite of consistent. And that's what makes the season frustrating. Having that hope and then having that hope crushed. Would it have been better to not have that hope at all? No. Because that hope is nice to have. It just feels so much worse when it's crushed. And it felt like it was crushed. Last night losing to the Milwaukee Brewers. I want to talk about one of our deadline acquisitions. Um, and that's Keone Kella. And really... Not much has gone right for the Pittsburgh Pirates lately. Since August 1st, the team is 7-14. and 14. 
on the season, they are 63 and 66. Playoff hoops are all but dead as the Pirates sit eight and a half games back in the second wild card spot. In terms of bright spots during this cold stretch, look no further than Keone Kella. Don't get me wrong, the Pirates' pitching staff has been solid for quite some time now. As we know, the offense has been nothing short of pathetic since their 11 game winning streak. If this team could hit just a little bit, contending would still be alive and well. But here we are. The Pirates have scored 74 runs in August, good for 27th in baseball during that stretch. This team just isn't good right now. This show is not about how bad the Pirates have been lately. We've all tortured ourselves enough watching this dead ball era brand of baseball. No. This is about Keone Kella, the setup man nabbed from the Texas Rangers at the trade deadline for minor league pitcher Taylor Hearn and a player to be named later. Since joining the Pirates, Kella has pitched 10 innings while giving up one lone run. He has 13 strikeouts and three unintentional walks in that span. Opponents are hitting for a 176 average, 243 OBP, 324 slugging against him. Kella's stuff is nasty. His fastball sits at about 96 to 97 miles per hour, and his curveball is nothing short of pure filth. On rare occasion, he will sprinkle in a changeup. Interestingly enough, Kella has relied on his curveball more since joining the Pirates. While on the Texas Rangers this season, Kella used his fastball 64.2% of the time. With the Pirates, his fastball rate has dropped to 57.8%. Because of that, his curveball usage has increased from 35.3% to 40%. Kella has gotten a higher rate of swing and strike since joining the Pirates, 17.8% to 12.1%. Opposing hitters are also swinging at more pitches out of the zone and less pitches in the zone. In my mind, the key to Kella's success with the Pirates has been a combination of joining a new league while also using his curveball more. That plus having incredible stuff has given the Pirates a lockdown back end of the bullpen arm. For the future, Kella has two years left of team control after this season. The combination of him, Felipe Vasquez, Edgar Santana, Kyle Crick, and Richard Rodriguez may have given the Pirates a lethal back end bullpen for years to come. All of these pitchers are cheap. They are all controllable. They all have been very good this season with a chance to become elite in the future. Vasquez is already elite. If Kella isn't already elite, he's darn near close. As we know, bullpen arms can be extremely inconsistent from year to year. I think it's safe to say that Vasquez is the real deal and will be great for the Pirates for the next five years. Kella has been fantastic in his first four he is as close as to a sure bet as it gets. If one or two of Santana, Crick, and Rodriguez continue to progress, the Pirates will still have a top bullpen in all of baseball. If a wild card such as Michael Feliz pans out, this unit will be even stronger. All that's needed is a true left-handed specialist. Stephen Brawl could and should transform into that guy as the need for his services in that role exceed the need for his services as starting the Pirates bullpen took a huge step in the right direction in 2018. Adding Kella gives this unit a chance to become a special. Now, let's be honest, they're already a pretty special group. They shut down the Milwaukee Brewers last night besides Clay Holmes. 
the best are Byers bullpen through from inning five to inning fourteen. Nine innings of lockdown shutdown baseball. Richard Rodriguez for two. Edgar Santana for one. Keone Kella for one. Felipe Vasquez for two. Steven Brault for four. Man, and they're all young. As I said, they're all cheap. They're all controllable pieces. They are set up for the future, and that's why I'm so excited about 2019. Our rotation is there. Our bullpen, our pitching staff is there, guys. We just need to get the offense to accompany it. And we do have that offense. It's just that they're struggling mightily right now. It's there. It's somewhere in there. We just got to find it, and we got to pull it out. The pieces are in place. The team is ready. And it stinks that 2019 is so far off. That's August 25th, 2018. That we have to wait until February of 2019 to see our boys that we know will compete for a World Series title. It's there. It's in there. They are capable. And they are capable in 2018 as well. As Clint Hurdle said last night, not done yet. They're not. Why can't we ride out another 11-game winning streak? We didn't think that was possible before. Hope seems all but lost. But didn't hope seem all but lost when we started the 11-game winning streak against the Washington Nationals? Are the playoffs possible? Yes. Are they likely? No. But what's it going to take? It's going to take one day, one game at a time, getting one win at a time. And it all starts tonight. We can't do anything about last night. We can't. It all starts tonight. That's all we have. All we have is a game in front of us. And you know what I like to see if they don't make the playoffs? I like to see a winning season. We're three games under right now, but I would love to see a winning season back in Pittsburgh. We haven't had one since 2015. I don't want to go into another slump like we had from 92 to 13. No, no, no. Let's just have a winning year this year and take it from there, I think. A winning season this year would be a step in the right direction. The bullpen has been a step in the right direction. The rotation has been a step in the right direction. And the offense, the young pieces, to a certain extent, has also been a step in the right direction. We are taking those steps to 2019, to 2020, and beyond. We're going to have a window to win a World Series. It's going to start in 2019 and it's probably going to end in around 2022. Those four years, we have to capitalize. We have to win a World Series before 2022. And if we don't, that's when you have to clean house. But we're a while off from that. I still believe in this 2018 Pirates team. I still do. I still believe that we're not done yet. It's just that belief is shrinking. It is.
But my belief for 2019 is so strong. I know we can bring home number six in 2019. And that's a good feeling. We're one year off, guys. One year off from doing something special. So while the rest of the 2018 may be bleak and it may be boring to watch while the Steelers may be starting, pay attention to your Pirates. This group is going to be special, and I can't wait to see them. That's going to do it for our show. Um, my name is Benson Vector. Thank you all for tuning in. If you could please give me and my co-host to follow Jared on Instagram. He is at uh, pirates.strong. I am at Bucks Dugout. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. How are you doing? Live, archived. I appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun talking with you this morning. Um, hopefully, by the time we talk next, uh, the Pirates will at least be over 500 and uh, maybe fighting closer to a playoff position. Um, yeah, so let's get to that against the Brewers, win the series. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, as always, uh, let's go Bucks. Hey, rosters are expanded September 1st, next time we talk. So we'll have plenty to talk about them. Um, I start school on Monday, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting week. It will on Saturday. Have a great week, and uh, let's go Bucks.